So um, I'm going to I'm going to work off the Bob of Arov's parsha from Vayetze, but I'm doing it because of a conversation we had about both yesterday in the Morinaim, where the Rav was talking about the Morinaim's approach, in which those who are fully observant and studying Torah and doing everything 100%, who follow this, what I call the theology of perfection, makes the radical claim that that's insufficient because it remains a split between what we're doing down here and what the divine requires, which is for us to bring him down here. That's in essence what he was saying. And we were struggling with that because he was using metaphors that might have been a little bit uh, implied from the Zohar to be that of more uh, an erotic nature, whatever. So I am trying to struggle with the theology of imperfection. What does it mean? Because I think that we've, we've frummed up the... Hasidic revolution. So in this conflict between what I consider the first generation of Hasidim who talked about Olam Chesed Yibone, that the world was built on grace and my consideration that this is a Pauline revolution in the sense that they were fighting a hidebound orthodoxy that had been going on for a thousand years and looking for the spirituality of grace, that meant embracing one's uh, faults, embracing one's imperfection. Mm. So let's just look at how the Baba Varov comes close but doesn't cross that threshold. So chapter 28 of Genesis, verse 18. And what he's going to do is Start with a Rashi, page 146. Vayashkeim Yaakov Baboke, Jacob woke up in the morning, Vayikach et ho'even, the stone, Ashesom Merashasov. Vayosim Osomatseva, and he made it into a pillar. So he took the stone that he had for his pillow and he made it into a stone. Asher Samrasha, right? Vayitzok Shemen al Rosho, and he pours oil on its top. Now put your keep your finger in the place and go to Vayishlach, that's 35.9, and look and compare and contrast. On 35.9, which is page 188, Vayero Elohim El Yaakov Od. So this is the second vision, right? Page 188. This is the second time he appears. Vayero Elohim El Yaakov Od. Bevo mi Padomarov Vayevorecho. And he came from Padom. Now look at Rashi. Rashi comments on this word Od, right at the first Rashi. Palm Shnia Bamokom Hazer. And the Chiddush is Bamokom Hazer in this place. So what he's saying is that when in... Pasha's Vayetze, Jacob awakes from his dream, the ladder, 
and he realized God was there, and he didn't know, and he takes the very stone and he makes it into a matzeva, and he pours oil on it. Now, Rashi is telling us that the, when he appears to him here, when he comes back from Padanaram, it's the same place. Why do we need to know that? So this is the second appearance in this place, once when he went and once when he came back, same place. And then th- verse 14, further down, Vayatsev Yaakov Matseva. Oh, there's the stone. Same Matseva, same pillar. Bamoko Mashe Diber Oto, in that same place where he spoke to him. Vayasecholeha Nesech, and he pours on it Shemen. What did he pour in it in Vayishlach? In Vayetze? It wasn't water. He took it and he poured oil on it. Right? And here, two things he poured on it. What did he pour? He pours on it wine and he pours on it oil. Okay. First time oil, second time wine and oil. Yes. Okay. What's the significance of pouring wine and oil? That's exactly the purpose of this exposition, <laughs> sir. Obviously, wine isn't Funny wine. Wine isn't wine. Oil mix. isn't oil. By the way, people who write to me about from this year, they go, we don't like your uh, shear, but we do love the comments that people make. <laughs> <laughs> Happy we could contribute. And they go, you have no idea. That... Okay. That's, that's coming because of you all. So, Zog the Heilige Bubu Veruv. That the, quoting the Nezer Kodesh on his commentary on the Medrash, he quotes a Zoya that says the following, that stone, that matzeva, isn't just any stone. The oil isn't the oil, the wine isn't the wine, the stone ain't the stone. What is that stone? It's the Evan Shasiyah. Now, what is this Evan Shasiyah? This is an original primordial mythical stone which the Arabs believe is in the, under the Temple Mount. And we also believe. And from which, according to the Zohar, the earth is spun out of, like a spinning. That Even Shatiyah is the basic rock upon which this world of ours is built. The foundational world upon the base Amikdash was built. And it was temporarily rolled over to Yaakov Avina for his use at that moment. And so the question is, of course, what is Hashem communicating to him by providing this stone for his head and then the stone that he's pouring and the wine and the oil? And the Bob of Ross said, of course, the Baal Shem HaKadosh teaches that whatever the Ovas did and all their prayers were on behalf of their descendants. So Yaakov's ordeal in going to Padanaram and coming back from Padanaram and meeting the Lavan and the whole ace of business, all these ordeals and wanderings were uh, teaching, guiding, uh, a prefiguration for few generations. Okay. So... The Gemara in Sanhedrin 64 records that the Ansheh Knesset HaGadola, the men of the great synagogue, wanted to eradicate the desire for Avodah Zorah. They wanted to eradicate it. We see that after the written law, we don't have this, this intense desire for what apparently was written in the ancients. 
For Vodazara. So, for Vodazara. So what did they do? They saw the image of a lion made of fire coming out of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And the prophet interpreted for Klal Yisrael, this was the Yetzirah of Avodah So the Yetzirah for Avodah was manifest by this lion made of uh, fire exiting the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And in his commentary on Sanhedrin, the Torah's Chaim wonders, why the Yetzirah and what was it doing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim in the first place? And this comes back to what I'm saying when we talk about the theology of imperfection. What was the Yetzirah doing in the first place in the Kodesh HaKadoshim? I thought the Kodesh HaKadoshim is a place of the highest sanctity in place, the highest person in person is the Kohen Godel, and the highest time is Yom Kippur Musaf, and when the three get together, we pronounce the Yudke Vovke, so it's the highest place in terms of the ten levels of Kedusha, as we're told in Pirkei Ovis. Isn't the only place Yitzhak uh, 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 can exist is with, by Kedusha? But would you expect it to be in the Kodesh HaKadoshim? So he explains that the creation of man and the creation of the world mirror each other. Because man is referred to Olam Katan. So we are a microcosm of the macrocosm, a minister world. So just as the Yetzirah dwells in a person's heart, his essence and the root of his being, as it says, the Shnei Yetzirah, the double Yud, right? In plural, there are two sides to the heart, right? So the Yetzirah dwells in the very center of the universe. And from the Evan Shasiyah in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Yetzirah cast his web throughout the entire world. Hmm. And so when the men of the great synagogue removed him, he exits through the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the center of the world, the place of the Evan Shasiyah. It's, an, uh, it's a stunning claim that the very foundation of the world is a mirror of the human being. You think it's the other way around. No, no. We are the mirror of the world. Well, if in me, in myself, there's this schizophrenkite between this desire for holiness and the Yetzirah, and this battle that's going on, it's mirrored out there in the macrocosm. Which did you say is primary, our heart, or are, they, are out there? Well, did you, I'm did quoting you the Torah's Chaim, who's trying to explain what's the Yetzirah doing in the Beis Amikdosh. Yes, his answer is that man is referred to as an olam katan, a miniature world, and then he makes the comparison. Just as the Yetzirah is in man's heart. So which is the mashal, our heart or the out there? The Rav, the Rav says the, that our heart is the muscle. For correct. Right That's what he's saying. Okay. As Hasidus tells us, umivsari echazebo, Job exclaims, and from my flesh, I now realize what you can do, right? right? Taking it literally, all the boils and blisters. But now the Baal Shem twists that and says, umivsari, if I want to understand the Rebbeinah the world, I just have to look at my yep. organ structure. Yep. And in my heart, there's a duplicity. Oh, the world is reflective of that duplicity. What does that do to theology? What it does is relieves me of the burden of responsibility for the creation of the Yetzirah. 
I am participating in this archetype <coughs> of good and evil, <coughs> of the Yetzir Tov, the Yetzir of Kodesh and the Sitra Acha. That is, that is a setup before I even came into the world. In fact, we're told that when I'm in my mother's womb, I, don't ha- I only have, as I exit, a Yetzir Horror. I don't get my Yetzir Tov until my Bar Mitzvah. The, the Yetzir Horror has 13 years on me. And I now have to play catch-up because I, that little addict has been working me for 13 years before I get the Yetzatov. Do I have no control over it? I, I'm, I'm just talking about the wire diagrams. Let's talk about operational software later. <laughs> there is one method to beat the Yetzahara. The Chazal in Kedushin 30b says, Bora Yetzahara, Bora Torah, Tavlin. I created the Yetzirah, and here is my gift, Tavlin. Now, the question is, what does Tavlin mean? We've talked about this before. The way Arthur Scroll says is, it's an antidote. The truth is, the word Tavlin in Aramaic is a spice. Now, depending on whether you say it's an antibiotic or it's a spouse, depends on how you look at this theology. If you say it's an antidote, then you're saying, listen, you you have this virus. I, I got to give you something to fight this virus. Otherwise, you will die. Yeah. Here, here's the Torah. It's mm. the antiviral. Mm. But if you read it, Kshuto, that mm. Tavlin is a spice, mm. then you're saying something very different. Because what does a spice do? It's you good. take a piece of raw meat that is totally inedible, <laughs> overdone, like my, unfortunately, I get it most of the time, overdone. Because I like it bleeding, <laughs> and you add, and you add tavlin, whether that is mustard or ketchup or spices or curry or turmeric, whatever, and it becomes edible. That's a different view of the Yetzirah. Or we'll just eat the turmeric. That is a different view of the Yetzirah. So we're saying we like the Yetzirah. We're not saying we like it. It's yeah, inedible. Li- it's yeah, but we like it because just eating the spice without the without the meat there is it's ridiculous. Is ridiculous. So that means you, and that, you need the meat uh, for your nourishment. So we need both exactly. So, so we need the Yetzirah. We need the Yetzirah. It's the dry the Freudian id. Yeah. Without the Yetzirah, I wouldn't get up. Right. I wouldn't move. I wouldn't do anything. Right, right. The Gemara so says not, without the Yetzirah, there were no yeah. eggs in the market the next exactly. day. Exactly. We're not trying the, to kill it. The cock and the rooster, but they weren't interested in each other. That's funny, but. You could eat the spices. Well, you could, but who does? Please, more. They love it when you make these comments. Please, do that. More, more. There's plenty of people that eat just vegetables, and they're very happy about it. (laughs) So the Radomska Rebbe said in Chesed Lavraham, commenting on Rosh Hashanah, commenting on the Mishnah in Yuma 53a, Mishenitel Ha'aron, Evan Hoyasosham. When the Aaron was removed in the second base of Mikdash, and the Aaron was not present in the Holy of Holies in the second base of Mikdash, nevertheless, the Evan Shasiyah was still there. Mm. And what does that mean in our frame of reference? The Radomska Rebbe says that the Aaron represents Torah. In the second base of Mikdash, that archetype of Torah was removed. Evan is one of the names of the Yetzirah. Evan, it's it's such a, you know, it can't be melted. It can't it, it hammer on the rock. The Yetzirah, that's the Gemara Navo de Sora 52, right? And Novi says, Fahasirosi et ho Evan mipsarchem. I will remove in the future that heart of stone from your flesh. 
So the Mishnah tells us that as long as the person had the Torah, which is represented by the Aram in the first base Amikdash, the Yetzir Hora had no mastery over it. So you had these two archetypes right there in the Kodshikodshim. You had the Torah, which is the Aaron, the Evan Shesiah, which is the Yetzirah. As long as they had the Torah as the spice or the Tavlin or the antidote, everything was okay. However, Mishenitel HaOron, by the second bias, when that Aaron was taken, when one is removed from Torah, Evan Hoyasasham, then the evil inclination, which is referred to as that rock, has access. So now let's go back to the two Pesukim. Hashem shared this message with Yaakov Avinu through the vision of the ladder. The Divrei Chaim comments, Vayachalom, he dreamt a dream, Vehine Sulam Mutzavatsa, there was a, um, a ladder on the ground, Verosha Magia Shemaim, and its head was in the heavens, Vene Malachelokim Yolim Yotam, and the angels were going up and down. The Sulam, represents the spiritual ladder, the Torah, as the Madras teaches in Precious Rabbah. Sulam has the same gematria as Sinai. Sulam, Sinai, Torah. So the mountain upon which the Torah was given. The Malachi Elohim refer to the Yetzir Tov and the Yetzir Horah. Malachi, plural. Both are agents of the Rabboni Shalom. Both these agents have their ascents and descents depending on the sulam. Where you are in the sulam is represented by these malachim. Are they going up? Are they coming down? Is it the Yetzirah? Is it the Yetzirah? It's a beautiful metaphor. Is, is, is this representative of the ebb and flow of yeah, life? Probably. The Yerida, the Aliyah yeah, that we course. all experience on a day-to-day basis? Right. What's more important, which way you're going or, or which rung you're on? Right. Uh. Now, the, the, now that, and that's nice, that's just pure Medrash and Musa. Now comes the Divri Chaim and adds a Knech that raises the stakes. <clears throat> when do we say that this is going up and down, the angel of Tov and the angel of the Ra, and you're connected on that ladder? Im, and this is what we said yesterday by the Morinaim, Im lo made bikdush of tahara baroi. It's a question not of the data that you're acquiring, how many Black Gomorrah you've studied. It's how you went about it. Karaui, if you did it, Bikdusha Upatara, meaning purity of heart. Not because you want to be known as the biggest Amukhachim. Not because you want to beat someone else over the head with your halachic knowledge and put them to shame and criticize them at the Kiddush table because they missed them a syllable, right? That was the Rav's point in his drasha yesterday about that's what Esav wants to do in his model yesterday in his drasha. Okay. Someone who doesn't doesn't learn Bikdusha, and then this word Yira, which we had yesterday, two types of Yira, Yira Tachton, Yira Elyon. There is this lower level of fear. I'm doing it because I'll be whacked if I don't do my blood. Or I'm in total awe of the universe and the divine. But you need the big one. midos magunas and his heart's filled with just the wrong kind of motives. Then the Torah that he's studying will not be a proper antidote. There'll be a problem with the antibiotic. It'll be out of use, past its shelf life, it, it's, it's degenerated. 
You know, penicillin is a living spore. It's a, it's a fungus. It has a life shelf. You can't just take it two years later. Not only that, it actually can trip him up. It's a sum. It's a poison, just like any chemotherapy. If you have cancer, then the chemotherapy will hit the cancer cells. But if I'm healthy and I just take cisplatinum, hey, I'm going to get a peripheral neuropathy. My kidney's going to pack up. Am I going to get a dementia? Just by taking the cisplatinum. <laughs> it can be nichshal. It can absolutely. So you're, you're being warned. You're getting on this ladder, but I want to warn you, this is a transport vehicle that can get out of control depending on your purity of heart. The Divrei Chaim has raised the stakes. It's not like I can just say, I got a pneumonia and I'm taking an antibiotic and then I just have to lie back and wait for it to take place. Your Torah can be a Vodazara, is the point. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword, just like the world, yep. just like your heart. What a radical thing to say. That everything in this world now has a dual-edged sword to it. That is Yaakov's conduct upon rising in the morning. So here, here he comes back to our problems with the text, with the wine and the oil. So now we want to know the difference between shemen and shemen and wine. So shemen is a term used to describe the wisdom of Torah. Pure virgin oil. Gemara teaches in Menachos 85, anywhere olive oil is common, wisdom is common. It's a, a proverb. It's an adage. It's a... Therefore, Yaakov Avinu pours oil on the rock on the way down to guide future generations that Hashem showed him in his great prophecy. The greatest tool one can use to battle the influence over the eight Sahara is the wisdom of Torah. That's step one. Okay, so now we have the spiritual roadmap this is how you go down it. After this episode, Yaakov goes to Choron, where he lives with Lovon for 20 years. Now he meets his own dark side. Lovon's a bit of, bigger trickster than he is. He's now meeting the dark side of him, which is Esau. Mm -hmm. This is a whole new education. Lovon's entire agenda was to drive him away from Kedusha, using every technique, and to be entrapped. The Sforim used Lovon as the prototype of the Eight Sahara, who takes advantage of every opportunity. Yaakov meets up with his brother Asaph, who also personifies this force, this dark side. And the Medrash Sochatov in Tehillim 14 says, just as Lovon was crooked, so too was Asaph crooked. So the and same thing? Different. On the Vayishakeu, when he kisses him, what is on top of the word Vayishakeu? In the in the written text of the Torah, dots. And and the and the Medrash says those dots are to tell you that it was an insincere, it was an insincere chibuk. That he was actually insincere. His intent was to bite Yaakov, not to kiss him. That's the way of evil. It appears as a friend with noble intentions. <laughs> And in reality, its only interest is to cause harm. So he has this 20-year-old battle against his own Aesop, the Sotan, the Yetzahara. That is what's going on between the first pouring of the oil and the dream and the return and the Matseva on the second time. 
So the Rob Shitarov in Zera Kodesh to the second day of Hanukkah says that this was the battle with the Yetzirah, who was designed was to distract Yaakov from his dvekas, his connection. Now, the Gemara in Chulin, and this is the high point of my meditation today, which I want to trope off the Bob of Rav. Gemara in Chulin says there were two opinions. Who is this angel that comes to him? And there's a machlokis between two opinions. One says he appeared to him as a Torah scholar. And the other said he appeared to him as an idolater. An idolater. The angel appeared to him. So what does this tell us? The Rokshitzer's in his imagination is telling us that that Gemara is not telling us what's happening out there. You can either be one or the other. Mm. It depended on how Yaakov saw that apparition. One Mandama says he saw an idolater. What is that angel? It's a mirror. The angel is a mirror. So when they're saying, one one says this, this. one one says, they're not arguing about the Matthias, they're arguing about what Yaakov Avinu was seeing. Mm-hmm. The Sahara appears to us in every form. And so it's the fact that there was only one angel means that the Sahara dressed himself up as a Torah scholar. Came to him as a big London, with Abud and Pierce, and he could quote every Nitziv, and he was, a, he knew the Katsais. And the Reb Chaim came to him as a big London. So it was only after those 20 years of understanding how the Ace of works inside him, how the Yetzirah works in his heart, because that was his schooling. He had to go to the school of Yetzirah to understand himself. He had to go out there to meet these people, mm-hmm. to come back on his way back. And now when he meets the Malach, he's able to see through the Talmud Chochem to the Yetzirah. Mm-hmm. It's a profound Rafshitz of Medrash. He had an insight into the depth of evil. If the Yetzirah appears as a loyal friend to trap his victim, so he knew that that is a reflection of where he is on that ladder. Oh my gosh. It's all about him. Anytime I'm meeting something out there that's trying to trap me, an addiction, this, that, and the other, that is merely a litmus test out there, which is a mirror of what's going on in here as to where I am that particular moment on that ladder. I'm just bowled away by the union implications of this. That the, to become an individuated human being, you have to go to the dark side of evil. That's what we You have to experience it to its depth. For many years. Oh, Jeff used to say you have to kiss it on the lips. Because if you don't, you will not see through it. You will see the big London, the eight hour. So now he comes back, and I want to end up. What does he do this time? He's able to pour two things. He's able to pour the oil, which is Torah. Right? And now he's adding the libation of Yayin, the Nesech. He's pouring that. So let's see what the Bob of Rav says about Hmm. that. (laughs) Wine symbolizes the profound Torah Shabal Peh. The Zoya tells us that bread is the Torah Shebichsav and wine is the Torah Shebal Peh. 
and in Masechus in Mishlei it says, masachti, and the drink of the wine which I have mixed. The wine Yaakov poured illustrates that the only way to vanquish the force of evil is by immersing oneself in the Torah Shabal Peh. In the Torah Shabal Peh, in the secrets of Torah, in the depths of Torah, in the details of Torah Shabal Peh. So that's how we can understand the Tarakim Yonason, that the pouring of the water on the Matseva, water, Tarakim Yonason says, not, Tarakim Yonason here says, not only was it wine and oil, it says, Va'arik ale mishcha, that he also added water to it. And water represents humility. So I, I think that, that, um, the wine and the oil represent different traits. Um, the wine and the oil require the substrate of water, which is the humility. But I think that further to what we were saying over a cigar and what the Rav was saying over Shabbos, I, I think that the theology of imperfection is about grace, not about perfection. That if the setup is such that we are born into this, we're born as a Yetzirah. We only acquire the Yetzirah later on. Then we're giving this Torah Tavlin. What, what is so relieving about this, um, somehow we live with grace. And it's the Olam Chesed Yibone, because the Abishta knows that's, that the power of the Yetzirah is so unbelievable. And that only by... Hashem having created the Yetzirah to be exactly that way. Correct. And therefore, I I think that when he said, I don't know the meaning of this yesterday, he came to the end and he said, I I just don't know what this means. What he was... um, What? The rabbi said, I don't know what's going on here. Because I feel, I feel that, that in order to understand the Morinayim, you really have to have gone to the dark side and then come back and then understand that what he is demanding is that not only do you have to do the stuff, but you have to do it with a certain attitude of purity of heart. And only that purity of heart can open up that connection uh, to bring down the, the divine into that space, even down into the cleaver. And that's what the divine wants, meaning the divine wants to be rescued. The Shekhinah wants to be rescued from the blotter. She wants to be rescued because there has to be an echad, there has to be a unity. And there's no, and, and we are the only ones that can affect that unity because the, everything out there is right here. Mm-hmm. And so how do you look at the Torah? How do you look at the Tavlin? How do you look at the antidote? That is a mirror and a litmus test of where you are on that ladder.